Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by DAZN. Remember, they have Change Up, a brand new live whip around show that is presented by the MLB and DAZN and whips around the league, jumping out of the best plays as they happen. Get expert analysis from hosts who bring a fresh personality, new perspective of the game. Add Dan Verk, Scott Rogowski. Whoa. Uh, it's available on any device, just about smart TVs, tablet, mobile, gaming consoles. Getting set up is easy. Download the DAZone app in the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across any of your devices. Go to DAZone to sign up. D-A-Z-N. We're also brought to you by the ringer.com and the Ringer Podcast Network. The world's two greatest places for content. Binge Mode is finally back. You can listen to their recap of uh, episode one of Game of Thrones. You can watch our Game of Thrones coverage on our Twitter show, Talk to Thrones. Hashtag Talk to Thrones or at Ringer. On, uh, on Twitter. Also, the Ringer NBA show is firing up starting this week. Not only do we have me and Rosillo taping on Sunday night. You ready for that, Kyle? Yes, always. You get fed. Mm-hmm. We get to watch Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah, it's great. Uh, also, the Ringer NBA show will also be uh, taping Sunday night as well. So you'll have double basketball in the morning for yourselves. Um, a lot of good stuff going on at the Ringer. With the NFL draft coming up. We have draft boards right now. Danny Kelly did one for the NFL. He has thrown himself into the NFL draft like nothing I've ever seen. People are in awe. People are just walking around the ringer offices right now going, God, Danny Kelly, I can't believe we get to work with this guy. Uh, Incredible effort by him. Kevin O'Connor, not to be outdone. He just released his top 30 draft board for uh, the NBA. And I was looking through it and the Celtics have just a bunch of non-lottery picks. And I was just looking at these guys who kind of have potential, but not really, and just getting bummed out. Thank God they're up 2-0 in the series. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk to Daryl Morey, Rockets GM, about the Rockets having kind of a look to them now. And I mean that in a positive way. Also, James Harden's possible MVP season and a whole bunch more. He's been on this pod many times before. Uh, Also, Van Lathan, Rember Brown, they're coming in to talk about Kanye, Talk about the Michael Jackson doc, and most important, talk about Nipsey Hussle. So that is all coming up. But first, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, we're taping this. It is four o'clock. Pacific time Thursday. So there's some basketball games coming up. If anything crazy happens to them, I'm sorry. Uh, what can I do? Daryl Morey on the line right now. Rockets GM. He's been the Rockets. He's worked for them for 13 years. And I don't want to jinx this. I'm going to knock on wood for you. This is the best I've ever felt about your team. Let's start there. What do you think of that? You never feel good about our team. So this is, this is a big moment. <laughs> That's not fair. Big moment. That's not fair. How's your track record? I want to know how your track record is. My track record most of the time has been really good. I think there were two years where I picked the under for you guys and you got mad at me. It was like, you, we never go under. We never, every year, we, we always True. overachieve. We, we, we're always the over except one year where we're under like by like 15. Yeah. That year when uh, the wheels came off in uh, Dwight's last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, we don't talk about that anymore. Hey, um, I, I've been saying how you guys have the look. There's a look to your team. And I will define the look as this. You know who you are. The hierarchy is in place. 
Everyone knows who the best guy in the team is. Everyone knows who the second best guy in the team is. Everyone knows what their role is. You took care of business in those first two games, which is what you had to do. And there's just a general feel with this team. When did you, at what point in the season did you feel like this team had that look? I'd say after the all-star break, um, we just started and you watch enough basketball. It's, it's, if you're just squeaking out games, you're probably not going to be winning the title. I mean, yeah. the reality. And most of the year we were squeaking out games. We were winning enough, but we were squeaking them out. But post all-star, we had every player healthy. We had to your point, our guys off the bench in clear roles with Austin rivers, Gerald, uh, Daniel house, uh, Iman Shumpert, uh, Fareed had, you know, Mike was really settling in on how he was going to use them. And then we just started beating teams in a big way. Our only losses really were to Milwaukee on the, on the second night of a back to back. Uh, and then we had one night where we just had a bad night, but I think we were, you know, over the last 20 games, I think we won 16 games, something like that. Um, that's why I was like, Hey, this, this might be, this might be the time. Obviously we're still, you know, if we if we advance to Utah, we're still about to face a buzzsaw yeah. of a team. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of confidence in the locker room right now. And, you know, let's, let's see if we can turn it into doing what we've been trying to do for a long time here. So last year, I don't know if you know this, but you came really close to winning the title last year. And, uh, yeah, and pretty, <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you blocked it out or if you had a hypnotist remove the second half of game <laughs> six, game seven, but th- that was a really, really brutal loss. And one of those losses where you kind of don't know if the team's going to be the same after. And if, you know, you had your window and if a couple, the way the league works, you have that window, you only come close so many times. And you and I were leading parallel lives as we were watching the uh, the rim rattling. Oh Celtics, yeah, I had it. Yeah, it was twice in twenty four hours. But yeah, you know, in your case, it was like, man, you know, Chris Paul. Who knows who who knows at his point in his career, you're going to get like a great great season out of him anymore. Is he going to move into a different phase of his career? Will you, will Harden ever be this good again? And then the team goes into the next season. And there was definitely a little bit of a hangover. Now you you changed the personnel a little bit, so that's one of the reasons it got yeah, better. Yeah, some of but, that was on me. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> you took a yeah. couple gambles, but um, did you feel like there was a hangover those first twenty games from how close you came the year before? I'll be frank; there it was really hard to figure out what was going on. Uh, a lot of the acquisitions weren't playing well. So that's why I say it's on me. Uh, really even our starters weren't playing well, so that could be a hangover. I don't know what, uh, we could have just had bad luck. Honestly, you know, we didn't have coach Bizdelic who, who was a big part of our, uh, defense the prior year. We had a, just a bunch of things all at once, not going well. Yeah. And frankly, I was in, uh, uh, you know, I was like in a, an aggressive, uh, mode of just, let's just fix everything. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, brought coach Bizdelic back and our owner was a big part of that. Uh, obviously changed out personnel over time. Um, you know, injuries took Chris and Clint out and they came back and it all sort of meshed towards the end of the year, which was our hope. Always, you always hope that you're meshing and peaking in April. It doesn't always happen. 
but it, you know, so I can't really tell you which of those changes that were made mattered. And then obviously James Harden somehow got better, which, yeah. I mean, you know, internally we had talked about after every off season, he gets better, you know, his right hand gets better. This gets better. That get better. You know, internally we were like, well, what? it was almost like pick stars on the string of amazing movies. You know, and then it's like, well, how do we, how does he top that? How does he top last season? And he's somehow done it again. It, it's really astonishing to watch what James is doing. Do you feel like the other players now feel like he's the best player in the league? Yeah, absolutely. Like the and and you 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 know basketball history better than almost anyone I know. And yeah, the the deference he gets. You know, and he just won the players' poll, which was like some poll the players union did. Yeah. Um, and you know the deference he gets is is unbelievable. The only time I've really, I've really seen it was really maybe towards Kobe. Yeah. Like when when when, you know, when we had Ron Artest and Shane, who are two of the better, I think, wing defenders in NBA history, um, on our team. Like they would talk in like mythical ways about Kobe and what he's able to do and how he's impossible to stop. That's sort of how I feel people talk about James a little bit um, in terms of like, you know, what he's able to do and how unstoppable he is. Yeah. I mean, that was the best, the best two cases for him for MVP as I, as I tried to decide what to do was that, that, that I think there's a real deference to how good he is now with the other guys and you can really see it game to game. And then the other thing is just, digging out of that eight and 14 hole when, um, you know, it, it actually seemed like you might not make the playoffs there for like a week because the West seems so we, stacked. We always felt like playoffs were going to be fine, but you're really not winning the title if you're squeaking into the eighth spot. You right. Know, if you're really 43 and 39. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, those were the two best cases for him. I still went, I, you know, I talked to you about it. I went with Giannis. I thought it was by hair and I really thought those were two of the best MVP seasons of the decade. You know, definitely like yeah, two of the best six. Yeah, you can't go wrong this year. Both both players were amazing. Yeah, as I've said to publicly a little bit and to people, like this is a year not to get mad about who people pick. Like just yeah. two amazing candidates. Um, James has had a few years where there were multiple deserving, and it was fine. It's really just uh, the one year that really sort of stands out that people didn't really do their homework. <laughs> well, you, at least I wasn't one of those people. Um, no, no, you, yeah. you might have. You I'm on the right side the, of history. I like the had shirts made about it. I did. Funny. Look, you know, sometimes, sometimes everybody's got to. We got to see. We got to put it all on the table and see and see who's well, going to be are judged. Like the basketball historian now, like because I try to is, be. Is there a new version of the basketball book coming? It's got to be. You got to make a new, an updated version, right? Yeah, coming I need. I need some uh, some some new version of Adderall or something that would allow me to write it. That would give me the strength. I'm, I'm maybe old now. Maybe, maybe when your kids graduate from high school, you get a little time. You got to update the pyramid. You got oh to God. a bunch of stuff that needs to be updated. Well, I I have been updating the pyramid. I just keep it for myself. What's funny is where Harden just keeps climbing every time I dig into the document. You know, I think now if you know, if you won the title, I think that makes him the fourth best guard of all time. Um, What's if, amazing. So you're talking across point guards and shooting guards there. Uh, I'm sorry, fourth best two guards. Fourth okay, best two right, guards. Yeah. It seemed 
it seemed high. Yeah, yeah. James has a lot of his career left, to be fair. Yeah, because I think gotcha. it's who are the who are the three for sure ahead of him? You think? Well, you got Jordan, you got Jerry West, and you got Kobe, or Kobe and Jerry West. You got those three. They've had full careers. Pretty, pretty good group. A lot of rings, finals appearances, all kinds of. You know, you're talking over a decade of just doing stuff. What's interesting about his career is, as you said, he's added something every year for the last five, pretty much. But the five-year stretch he just had is is all time. It really is. It's like one of the best five-year offensive stretches anybody's had. You know, it's not quite on the level of Jordan's best five or Kareem's best five. But on that next tier, like his his best five numbers-wise is as good as any five Durant seasons. You know, I have a question for you because there have been players that defenses have been, you know, teams are having to design whole schemes to stop. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like where a team is just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play behind the guy, not even between the player and the hoop. No, but it does, it does remind me of some of the stuff that was going on with Jordan in the late eighties, early nineties, where T T he really evolved defense in or in as weird as that sounds. I, I, if you go back and watch the games from the eighties, I don't feel like, uh, you know, people played defense the last five minutes, but it wasn't quarter by quarter. And he was the first guy that teams really concentrated on how to stop him for four straight quarters. I, I can't remember seeing Some that analogies before. The, you know, when the Celtics won the title and went against those Laker teams in the recent past yeah, where Kobe, you know, where Doc Rivers and Thibodeau were designing their whole D to, you know, trap Kobe and then if he beats the first guy there's you know there's a guy overloading the strong side and yeah it sort of reminds me a little of that I remember Kobe having quotes about how it was the most uh, impossible defense for him to go against yeah and and they were trying to rope him into doing hero ball anyway even though they had two guys on him Iverson faced some weird stuff too and I I think there was a couple Wade years there when uh when he didn't have a lot of help where he was putting up 30 a game and Kind of being defended yeah, the same way. Yeah, that I think era, right? yeah. I think the difference with this is, um, you know, he's what did he shoot like 11, 12 free throws a game? The punishment that he takes and his ability to withstand, I think he take. What do you think he takes six to seven pretty big hits a game now? Right? Yeah, it's gone down. I would say to to, and it's I've been pleased. Like he he's really diversified his game with the floater. Yeah, uh, you know, with the step backs, and and it he's done it. So I, I I'm feeling just like we're very optimistic on Chris Paul going forward because a lot of his games like Q and and obviously elite, uh, you know, you know passing. The James's game has evolved from you know obviously like Wade's had where he's going to the hoop all the time to where a lot of it sort of diversified, which I think will help keep our run. Uh, going forward. Well, it's funny. You, he ruined basketball and so did you. You're the no, you're the one A and one B of when people talk about how, how basketball has been ruined. Do you read the two examples? We like to talk about it as enhancing basketball. <laughs> you know, I think, I think if you teleport anyone who's a young fan, like take, take your, your kids and took them back to a, a, an average game in 1994 or something. Yeah, like it'd be that, pretty with, bad. Uh, you know, the Zara, the Telestrators, Cleveland average teams against some random Detroit team at the time. You'd be, you know, like 70 to 65 
like I think we're I think we're helping basketball. But well, I, remember, I get... remember the Celtics Pistons series? What was that in 02, the sixty seven to sixty five game? Remember that? Oh, I I was there. Yeah, yeah me too. Was it was awful. Boston. Yeah, it was a rock oh. fight. No, no, it's, it, people like I don't even think it would be recognizable some of those games. So uh, it actually the, how people are guarding James. Hard now. I've been talking to people. So Dick Harder was at the Celtics when I first started, and he was part of that generation of coaches that was really designing defenses yeah. to keep players from ever having a full head of steam toward the hoop. They would hard hedge or trap to turn the ball handler and never get anything that would put you in jeopardy with the referees. And now we're in 2019, and teams are giving James a full head of steam to the hoop with his right hand. A Dick Harder. Rip, uh, right. be rolling over in his grave right now. So, yeah, they, it's tough. I mean, a lot of stuff has gone in the direction of somebody like Harden. You know, the hand check rules changed. The uh, the defensive three seconds, defensive changed, three yeah, seconds, the pace where you have like the ball goes out of bounds and or rebound. It's a fourteen second reset. Um, everything about basketball is a little bit faster, which is great for him. And then. Uh, you know, he he really worked on his game. You know, he really did add something, it seemed like, every year. And I, I always thought, you know, that when you made the trade, I, I think I was I was uh, one of, in, at the forefront of people who just couldn't believe it. But um, I never thought he'd become this. You were. Yeah, there's a, you're on record. You have a Zach Lowe I've t- I wrote two columns. I have t- two columns two and columns, a podcast. Yeah. yeah. But, I know. I, I never thought he was going to be the best offensive player in the league. Uh, nobody, nobody. It's impossible to see that. I mean, there were signs when he came off the bench. He was arguably the best offensive player in the league at, right. at OKC. But, but uh, you know, everyone had reasonable counters, and even us wonder, like, because he was a lot of times against backups, not usually getting the best defender. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. But no, he's just had a new level. You know, every every single year and. If you go back, it was like 50-50 on that trade, whether people liked it or not, which, which side they liked. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty that's, amazing. If you that's embarrassing. I, I don't know what to say about that. That's pretty bad. The the uh, the team this year, as you look ahead to the Warriors, you're getting them in round two, not round three. Is that weirdly beneficial or am I crazy? Well, to yeah, to get them earlier? It's hard to know. Yeah, I mean, we can't control it. Like to be frank, we don't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, but we have talked about it internally, and it could work in our favor. But it's it's very hard to know. I mean, I mean, I think as much as you know, we could get injured, so so could they. So I mean, it's very very difficult to know. I mean, all I know is that we pretty much knew we were going to have to beat them. So does the order really matter? Probably not. Uh, would have been nice to get home court like last year. I think that could be a big factor. Obviously, that you know, uh, last year at Oracle, their fans are great. Uh, I do think not having home court is a factor. I do think we're a better team going in the series, uh, but without home court, so maybe maybe our odds are similar to last year. I, I don't know. I we we do feel very strong. We have a real shot at it, but obviously they're 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 the champs. You know, yeah. The last four years. For I was looking at. I was looking at it more like uh, from a health standpoint, you're completely healthy right now, knock on wood. And yeah, the longer right now, the playoffs right. go, and especially 
you know, Chris has battled like nagging injuries his entire career with stupid little hamstring tugs or whatever. And you just know right. if you get, if you can get through this Utah series, um, we, we are slightly older than them. So yeah, yeah. It, could, it could work in our, could work in our favor. Yeah. Um, when does the three point barrage revolution, it feels like there's more, there's more left. Like Milwaukee averaged 44, three game threes a game in the regular season. Um, are we headed toward 50? Is 50 realistic? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, just because the talent coming in is going to be, you look at college, that's super three-point heavy. Uh, play. You know, younger kids are watching the league now. So I just see the skill level go up, and that'll probably drive even more as well. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I think... Uh... <laughs> You're going to be in the first paragraph of this. Who who was the one who said everybody should th- shoot threes initially? Was that you or did you borrow that from somebody else? Well, I mean, to be fair, if you go back to uh, Don Nelson, maybe. I mean, there's, I mean, saying you should shoot more threes, it's not like it's a rocket science, right? <laughs> so I think we were maybe the first organization from top to bottom to commit to that as the direction we were heading. And it's really yeah. more of a larger commitment to using data and, uh, you know, breaking the game down. Um, so I do think, you know, that we are at the forefront of having a full organizational commitment, which has obviously been seen, you know, first at our D league club. And now a lot of those principles at this club. And then Mike D'Antoni sort of turbocharged it. Yeah. Uh, but I, it would be hard. It would be like, who's the first Euro step, right? I don't, like people have tried to trace that and there is a bunch of players doing it. It's just obviously Ginobili was the first very prominent guy. And then James took it to the next level. And so, well, now you're going to turn your attention to soccer. If you win the title somehow. Now <laughs> no, so- soccer is your next thing about, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty committed to here, but you and I both have kids who play soccer a lot. And so we see a lot of games. So I know you and I have chatted about, uh, it just they, it reminds me a lot of basketball in the early '90s, where there's a lot of these arguments like, "Oh, we do this because that's what the top coaches do." Well, the top coaches all thought three pointers were stupid, and yeah. offensive rebounding was bad. And I can point to like 50 things top coaches thought in basketball were a smart thing in the early '90s that for sure were not. And people were winning with suboptimal strategies. I see very similar things in soccer where they assume that because top teams are doing them, it's smart, but the reality is they just have more money and better players. So they're winning because of that, not because of the strategy they employ on the field. So you are a fan of the tactic of pressure, 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 always move forward. You don't care about possession and kicking the ball backwards to keep the ball and then make another run. You don't believe in that at the adult level at all. Yeah, I mean, at the at the pro level, and I and I just talked about this with Roger Bennett, who you know well since he yeah. got started at Grantland, and uh, yeah, I, you know, again, there's been innovators innovators in soccer, the pressing, uh, getting it to the other end of the pressing is a, is is obviously a big factor. Uh, they need to translate that into how teams play defense. Teams are still trying to too much possess in the backcourt. I wouldn't say possession doesn't matter. I would just say there's always a, a balance between how much you weigh possession versus uh, getting into 
the right field position for scoring opportunities. And right now, that 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 waiting feels off to me. For for when I watch a lot of Premier League now because of my son. Yeah. And that waiting seems off, and I, it's changing pretty quickly. Actually, when I watch, like the pressing, the full pressing. Uh, 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 you know, when you have it in the other end is something that teams are adopting more and more of. Yeah, because most goals are dumb goals that are mistakes from the other team. So I think that's what, you know, my daughter's 13. I was telling you how the way I, the way the best teams play at her level, they don't care as much about the possession. They care more about, ju- you know, kicking the ball ahead to their fast kids and hoping something gets screwed up and, yeah, and yeah, mixing big- some pressure into that. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, it's true in basketball defense, too. Like, all these defenses are often designed around, like, we're going to do this rotation, and if they pass it here, we're going to do this rotation. But it's like, you know, we measure this. It's like 30 to 50%, depending on the team, where a, where a team makes a defensive mistake. Yeah. So, And that's on every possession in basketball. It has to be true in soccer as well. So playing really more for these, like, pragmatic mistakes is often better than, like, let's let's figure out what's going to happen when I draw it on a piece of paper and I have exactly the right passes being made and no, no touch errors, no anything like that. So all this is coming. Once the data starts coming to soccer, which is coming, all these changes are coming and the coaches who adopt it will do better. The ones that don't won't. Yeah. I might have to hire somebody from the Sloan conference to just watch all of my daughter's soccer games and just do a whole bunch of advanced metrics on it. I really think some great stuff could happen. Um, well, to your point, I think you made is that at the lower levels, though, for development, some of the style you, that is most optimal may not be how you want to play when you're trying to develop right. passing, touch skills, possession skills, all that stuff. All that stuff still matters. It's just, you know, at the pro level. Um, yeah, I was telling you the possession in 1v1 is what our team cares about, but you then you play in a game and somebody's doing the other style and they get two chances and all of a sudden you lose two to one. You're like, what the hell just happened? We dominated the possession, but that's yeah. why soccer, well, soccer is so freaking frustrating. Like you can do everything right and get zero and yeah. you can do everything wrong and get zero and you can do everything wrong and still get one. Cause the, the goalie makes a bad thing. You know, it's just, and, and every mistake is magnified. You know, it's, it's why I'm a big, uh, I'm very down on, uh, teams that create chances through trying to play through the feet of their goalie. Right, and most coaches love it because most coaches were field players, and they value like uh, it's crazy. They value the the feet skills of a goalie over their ability to stop shots. You know, so it's just really like there's just a whole I could go on. (laughs) Well, that's why we love basketball because you have a seven game series. The right team usually wins, and in a situation even like last year where you know, you guys came so close and it didn't happen. It was, you kind of had yourself to blame. You missed a lot of open shots, you know, very rarely does, very rarely does the wrong team win a basketball series. It's usually because of, you know, an injury at the worst possible time or, you know, something like that 2002 King situation or, um, for the most part, it's the right, it's the right team. Yeah. And I, I love that as a team that's good. Yeah. But for a league, I, for the NBA, I actually think it's bad. I think there should be more... More variance. variance cause, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, like, there's just there's just too many series, too many games during the season where people know, like, okay, this, this team's 90-some percent to win. Like, why am I tuning in? So, you know, I, I think the 
the league does a good job. They're trying to make strides to improve that. And one thing I love of the NBA is we don't, we're not stuck in our history. Like I think it took baseball like 80 years to figure out you should just give the guy a free base. Huge innovation. Oh my God, the sports ruined. We're going to let them do an intentional walk. Yeah. Whereas, you know, every year, I think the league at the NBA level does a nice job making tweaks to the rules to improve it. Yeah, I agree. Um, good luck in the series. Uh, Thanks. And good luck uh, for the rest of the playoffs. And, um, you know, you know my heart's with the Celtics, but I'm always rooting for you a little bit, too. Well, last year we almost had the Celtics rock. Yeah, maybe this, this year. Would be, this would be a good a good year for that. Hope, hope, hope I see in Houston and... And not to, I only, I only know, I know you're big time now. You only come for the final. So. <laughs> so. Well, if there was a, if there was a great game six next round, if you make it next round, I, may, I might be roped into that one. If there was a game six and you guys were up three, two, that, that might be a can't miss sporting event. So good luck. That'd thanks be, for calling uh, in. We appreciate it. Okay. Thanks. thanks. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. We're going to get to Van and Rembrandt in a second. I wanted to, uh, wanted to read Kyle, the Patriots schedule. Nice. You ready for this? Yeah, I peaked. I snuck a peek, but let's go. Let's just go through it really quick. Patriots over under 11 wins. Yeah. First game, Sunday night, Steelers home. <clears throat> not losing that. No, not without Come on. Stop or it. Le'Veon, great. At Miami week two, that feels like yes. a loss. Be like 85 degrees. <laughs> Throw us Brady with the four picks. I, I could see us losing that one. Jets home week three. At Bills week four. What is that? Three and one at that point? That's we, a gimme. We blow one of those stupid games. Buffalo's a gimme though. Week five at the Redskins, we win that one. Week six, Giants, come on. That's a night game, too. Week seven at the Jets, could be six and one. That feels like six and one to me. <laughs> they all feel like six and one to me, dude. Feels <laughs> <laughs> Just such a shithead about all this. This is great. People are getting so mad, sorry. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Ooh, scared. October 27th, so that's coming off a Monday night game at the Jets. And then Browns. That, that one scares me a little. Then at the Ravens the next week. Probably split those. I don't want to lose to the Browns. I'd rather lose to the Ravens. Feels Lamar. like seven and two. At the Eagles. Maybe we lose that one. Maybe this is when what's wrong with the Patriots starts. <laughs> we need that for, for to happen. Every in Super Bowl season. season that we have to have. Yeah. Or maybe that happens the next week. Dallas home. Wow, Dallas in Foxborough. That has not happened that many times in my lifetime. Dallas playing That's a good point. In New England. That feels like eight and three still. I'm sorry. At Houston. Can't remember the last time we lost to Houston. When was the last time we lost to Houston? You can look it up if you want. <laughs> Does not happen very often. That that feels like a win. Kansas City, December 8th. But again, the schedule fairies gave us that one in Foxborough. Yes. A little cold. Oh, give me that one. A little revenge game. game. Then we have at Cincinnati, home for Buffalo, home for Miami. That feels like 12. I don't. We have no, I don't know. I can't name more than two receivers or tight ends on the team right now since the draft hasn't happened yet yeah. and they haven't really signed anybody. That feels like 12 and four to me. Feels great. Always trust feels the like infrastructure. Feels like the AFC East to me. Feels like it might be the AFC. That's awesome. Always trust the infrastructure, Kyle. Speaking of odds, AL East right now, Yanks minus 110, Rays plus 165, the Red Sox plus 350. We're not even in the last like eight days of April yet. Everyone's just bailed on uh, on the Red Sox. I'm not ready to bail yet. It's a long season. They have like a $250 million payroll. I'll tell you this, though. I have not enjoyed the season so far. I've not enjoyed really anything about it. Quick NFL over-unders. I, I want to talk about 
this more next week. I'm going to have Sal come on. But I wanted to mention, Pats were 11 wins. Bears nine and a half seemed low to me. Yeah, nobody believes. I believe. You believe? Like, they go 10 and six, right? They're my Madden team now. Colts nine and a half seemed low to me. I would say that uh, Pats, Colts, Chiefs would be my three for the AFC. Uh, saying this before the draft and having barely looked at all the rosters. It's just like, those are the three on my radar. Jags, eight wins. Too high. Nick Foles, big dick Nick. Oh, yeah. Forgot about the big dick. I mean, or maybe maybe it's just high enough. Chiefs are 10 and a half. So that would be the pick if you were going to say who is the most obvious one seed that's going to go 13 and three, 14 and two. But, you know, you never know. Steelers, nine wins, I thought seemed super high. Did not understand that at all. That is a bet the infrastructure over under. Niners, seven and a half wins, and that is already at minus 130 from what I've seen. And uh, that feels a little bandwagony to me, but I do like the over. And then Washington, six and a half wins. House wants to do the under. House says they're going to win between five and six at some point. And then for uh, for NBA odds, the Celtics are still in plus 1,500 to plus 1,700 range, depending on where you look. Portland, 55 to one right now. And probably the safest bet to make the Western Finals, I would say, because who knows with this Denver Spurs here. So there you go. Uh, quick things to look for for the NBA playoff weekend, just very, very quickly. Don't get carried away with the Celtics yet. They're supposed to win at home. Indiana is not a good team. Uh, especially their guards and the Celtics really easily could have blown game two. But I do feel like, um, I do feel like we're really, I know this is a cop out, but we're really not going to know with the Celtics team until next round. Cause this Indiana team is not going to be able to push them. You're supposed to win the first two games at home. Um, I'm not ready to uh, declare that this is now playoff Kyrie and playoff Tatum, all this stuff. Uh, they're supposed to beat Indiana twice at home. They were like seven and a half point favorites in each game. So that happens. Then uh, the only thing to look for, the Portland OKC series, I think that's the most interesting game three because you have an OKC team now that came really, really close to making the finals in 2016 and has not been able to get out of the first round since, that spent a lot of money last year and this year, that has a roster that really can't be messed around with because Westbrook and George make so much money. Schroeder's on the books for next year. So's Adams. Uh, they tied up, I think, Jeremy Grant that gave like $8 million a year. Um, there's really no way to maneuver at all. And if they get swept in this series, and then it turns out Paul George has a torn rotator cuff or something, that will be brutal. And and you might be looking at, uh, you know, the end of the decade, the start of the decade, so promising. Durant, Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka seemed like the team of the decade, and now they'd be coming out of the decade having only won one finals game and uh, and having not been able to get out of the first round in the last three years. So I'll be really interested to see how they respond. And on the flip side, Portland, you know, at one of these points, we're going to realize Dame Lillard is one of the best seven guys in the league, and it might be even right now. So I'm watching that one. I'm watching the Warriors, obviously, to see the chemistry stuff. And then with Denver, San Antonio, and I don't know what happened. We're taping this late Thursday afternoon, so I don't know what happened tonight. But it does worry me that Denver relies on Jamal Murray so much and that um, how he ebbs and flows has single-handedly determined what happened to them in those first two playoff games. They're going to need a third guy. That cannot be their swing guy because I don't think he is uh, consistent enough. He's too erratic, and he just can't be their guy that decides every game. So I'll be interested to see how... 
they maneuver away from that over the course of the Spurs series. I thought they were going to blow out the Spurs, and now it feels like that's going to go seven. And I think they're going to figure out how to make Toronto, Orlando, or Philly, Brooklyn go seven because there's always, always two that go long. So anyway, that's all I got for you on the basketball front. Can't wait to watch the games this weekend. Russell and I are coming back Sunday night, and we're going to break out, break down every single thing that happened. Coming up, Rembert and Van first, a uh, quick break, and then we're going to talk to them. Let's talk about J.C. Penny, specifically collection by Michael Strahan, available exclusively at J.C. Penny. When you look good, you feel good. Raise your game with collection by Michael Strahan for all the bold looks that take your style to the next level. Style starts with confidence. Collection by Michael Strahan is designed to expire just that. The essence of collection by Michael Strahan are looks that will inspire you from tailored suiting, dress shirts, denim. Collection by Michael Strahan includes suit separates, sport coats, dress shirts, neckwear, belts, accessories, basics, denim, luggage, and shoes. You like all those things, Kyle. I like all those things. Big and tall, boy sizes too. Collection by Michael Strahan includes high-tech fabrics with stretch features, flex fabric, wrinkle resistance, and much more. Collection by Michael Strahan, available exclusively at JCPenney. Visit a store near you to go to JC or go to jcp.com. Explore Michael's lifestyle content on michaelstrahan.com. And again, if you want to go to JCPenney and check all this out, jcp.com. All right, we're taping this on a Wednesday. Van Lathan is here. What up, what He's up? He's been here before. Yeah, He's man. here again. Mm-hmm. Remember Brown, my old Grantland teammate. Hey, bud. Always good to see you. Always Coming off our you. Pulitzer Prize winning Rewatchables podcast about Major League. Yeah, I'm excited that we won so many awards already. I can't believe it. <laughs> I didn't know we could win a Pulitzer <laughs> for like, it. Wow, I thought we missed the deadline, but they <laughs> actually got us in. Congrats to us. Um, so Van's from Louisiana. Baton Rouge, yeah. That's I, I my Rems first from Atlanta. I don't know if there's going to be some tension in this. No, but, I um I have no know, I have no beef. States don't really get along. I have no beef with Baton Rouge. Okay, no beef. Well, you but you have beef with any other parts of Louisiana? Just like yes. Saints related things. Yeah, it's all Saints related. Oh wow, are yeah. you a Saints fan? What do you think, dog? Of yeah. course, like, That's like right. we're gonna get over. This. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Cool. This is a oh, fun. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, this is some Falcons bullshit. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think he thinks it's bullshit. Right. I, it's, I don't. I don't understand the bullshit part of that. I sentence. think. <laughs> remember that. Well, I mean, the bullshit is that one team has won a Super Bowl and another other team has. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> this is such a bad start. Fun ambush of a podcast. <laughs> you know. Yo, great to meet you, Van. <laughs> <laughs> the pass interference penalty. She was celebrating hey, for months and one months. of the greatest moments of my you life. You still celebrate. Oh <laughs> hey, you know what's funny Legal though? Hit. I, like I, because of my because of of my um my uh, NFL boycott, like I wasn't watching it, mm-hmm. and I'm jogging right because I in order for me to not watch the games, yeah, I have to do something while the games are on or it won't work. Yeah, it won't work. So the the game is on. And I'm running. Oh, right. so the boycott won't work. The boycott will not work. If I stay in my house, I can't, I physically don't have the strength not to watch the games. So I have to like, so I won't, I won't not watch if I'm in the So crib. you're just jogging for four I'll hours? Jog, <laughs> it's all I'll jog. Like, football Sunday. <laughs> like I'll, I'll jog. Go to the Grove. Go to Griffith Park. Like all kinds of things, like different little activities. And I was jogging and um, I'm listening to music and my phone starts going crazy. And like, I, like I'm ignoring people, ignoring people. And my dad calls. My dad calls and he goes, listen. I don't give a fuck about your politics and shit like that. You got to know what the fuck just happened to us. Stop what you're doing. Get somewhere so you can see what just happened the to injustice. the Saints. Injustice. Like, like you, you have to know. You cannot not know what just happened to the Saints. And so I watched it, and it was 
ridiculous. Are you, are you, 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 but you know what? As a football fan, you shouldn't even be down with that. No, he's, man. he loved it. Who said I'm a football fan? I'm a Falcons fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he let, it's the first thing that made him feel good about 28 to 3. Beating my chest like Denzel. <laughs> I, I loved it. Because I want more How of that. How long did, is the football boycott? Is this just going to go on indefinitely, or you, you know what's crazy is that I've I've backed myself into a corner now to where I don't see how it's going to end. Yeah. I'm seriously, I don't see because so, what was the genesis, the Kaepernick? thing? Well, the genesis was the Kaepernick thing, right? And so, but then after the Kaepernick thing, it became about like what I thought the league was doing, which was rather than leaning into some of these issues that Colin Kaepernick was talking about, like actively trying to suppress him and like. Uh, just take away any power of the movement that he was trying to, the conversation he was trying to start. And um, once you've learned that about the league, like how did the, how does that get undone? Yeah. Like even if they were to sign Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, which would be good for him if he's already got like a, a huge settlement, that wouldn't change anything that I feel like I know about the NFL. I mean, so I, I don't know. I really have no, I'm being honest. I don't know how I undo it at this point. I had a boycott. Every year, once we go at least three games under 500, <laughs> that's <in> <laughs> <laughs> then my boycott gets like stop. very. I'm right. like, this league should be shut down. Right. <laughs> Here's this until we regroup next year. Failure making you feel bad about <laughs> yeah. yourself. So you, so what was the turning point? Of when what? did you say that's it? I'm out. Um, when they instituted that rule that was going to penalize everybody for kneeling. When it, even even I know that they went back on that. Yeah, but but even listen, you can't you can't expect everyone to believe and think and want the same things that you want, right? Yeah, you can't. But the only thing you can ask for to me is intellectual decency from people. So you have to have enough respect for me to lean into a conversation about certain things, right? And I know that it's a business, and that the NFL uh, was was trying to do its best to to sort of mitigate any damage that Colin Kaepernick was doing to their image. I get it. But they just fucking handled it so poorly. And it was such a fuck you guys kind of attitude. And and, and You such... didn't like when Jerry Jones was no, holding man. hands it was with like, his nah, guys? It was just, it that, was didn't, so... that didn't warm your heart? No, dog. It was just such a putrid, <laughs> cliche, maintain the status quo way that it, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. But I'll tell you one thing. It's very... It's a very small chance that for the rest of my life, I'll never fucking watch NFL football again. I just don't see that happening. I always, I thought the worst of the NFL the whole time. So it really didn't oh, change anything for me. Yeah. I was like, I already, I already had made the deal with the devil to watch this league that, you know, was pushing concussions under the rug and yeah. all the shit they did. It's like, all right, I still like football. Okay, yeah. I guess I'm okay with it. I don't know. What do you think, Bram? I, I got really into the MLS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. The latest MLS team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I luckily like. I, I think it's just the funniest thing that, like, Atlanta's now a soccer town because like a signature soccer. Yeah, town. because we all have just like true PTSD and like we like act <laughs> like try to act like we don't. We've never had a football team. Like, yeah, we're a storied soccer town. Yeah, because we finally we won something. That is the most confusing sports thing that's I've witnessed this decade was Atlanta becoming Having becoming like the Yankees of the MLS. They, yeah, because they they run shit and yeah, but like there's like seventy two thousand people going. I don't understand it. Like word. Yeah, like, at, like, like really, they have seventy thousand people like at Liverpool home games. games in downtown yeah. Atlanta. In right Atlanta, now. and they're going fucking crazy for it. You know, I'll be honest with you though, people underestimate 
the MLS. And places, like, the, the MLS has incredibly devoted fans in the places where it's popping, man. Yeah. like like Which, which a, is more than, like, 10, 11 cities at this point. Yeah. Like, it's, like Seattle. That fan base Portland. is That's ridiculous Portland, right yeah. there. Yeah, man. I think Toronto has a big one. Yeah. I forgot about the whole list. Cincinnati is pretty good, I think. I think the, uh, it was, it was LAFC's like... LAFC's been good. It was a perfect storm of, like... Yes, they were like they were good, so that clearly helps. But it was it happened at the exact same time as the Falcons blowing the Super Bowl, <laughs> building a new stadium, right. and the Braves moving out of town. Right. Yeah, it was like it all happened at the exact same time. So people were like, ah, and they were selling like season tickets for like forty five bucks. Oh, I'll get you. So out. just like everyone I know, like has some type of season ticket situation. So it's just like a fun thing. There's to some do. weird Atlanta sports renaissance going on though, because the Trey Young thing. And Yo. him being like the fourth member of Migos and it's amazing. all this stuff. It's like, <laughs> I love all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and we're going to get Zion. So like, it's yeah, like a lot Zion. of good things happening. If they rig it so the Hawks get Zion, oh that becomes I, I, the internet's I, favorite you know team ever. I always wondered. I will be on do, Zillow. Do, does Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Do people in Atlanta really give a fuck about the Hawks though? I don't think they've had a lot of reasons to give a fuck. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying because the Hawks have had times where the Hawks have been good. I remember like, Kevin Willis, Mookie Blaylock, yeah. Hawks days. Electric teams. Hall of Famer. No, but, but the, the, I remember a time when they were they won a lot. They won a bunch of games. We were a, and, we were a perennial four seed. Four yeah, or five. Like they won Dominique like the was the most fun it's yeah. been for the Hawks. But that was 30 plus years uh, ago. Yo, those. You were barely alive. Those, those two Josh Smith years. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. And then Josh he started, Joe Johnson. Then someone told him that he was a three-point shooter, and then the franchise <laughs> fell apart. When I met Rim in 2011, um, was that had they signed Joe Johnson to a crazy the crazy yeah, extension? Yeah, that was before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he he was in the middle. No, he hadn't. He didn't have the extension yet. In 2011, he, he didn't. I think he, he was about to get oh, it. Was, I think was he about to get it? But or he, he make, had it. All of a sudden, he was making like, like 30 plus million yeah, a year. He was like the highest paid player. I saw Joe. And Rem was Rem was so upset about it. <laughs> I, I, he's my least favorite <laughs> person. <laughs> I, I cannot stay. I would like. I honestly. Right. One of like four people I would just like abs absolutely say. So it's, it's like luck. Vladimir Putin, and then it's like Josh. Oh yeah, but no, I'm not. I'm not ranking. Depends them. on the day, right? Yeah, I'm not ranking. I'm just putting them in the same list. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I think Atlanta's had more bad luck than anything. That's why it would be so much fun if they got Zion. Oh, my God. You're, you're talking about Dominique's the most fun player in the history of the franchise, and he peaked in the late 80s. It's yeah. just a dope-ass city. It's like a dope-ass city. It's a it's a great city. They love their athletes and stuff like that. It's just a cool city. It would be dope to see if they could, you know, be great in basketball. But it's, it's starting to get a little sad. It reminds me of, like, like, the way we talk about Dominique. It's, like, the way the MSG Network still plays, like, Walt Frazier highlights. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, that's the last time the Knicks were good. It's, like, starting to get, like, we're Damn, going, like... shit it all over Patrick Ewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, still, like, it's, right. it, like... Another one who was like, that much fun like, to watch. There's, like, two things to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, 40 years of a franchise. Like, mm. we're, like, a, like, four generations removed from Dominique at this point. It's a long time. Like, Michael Jackson was releasing bad when... Damn. When Dominique was in the uh, dunk yep. contest. And now that now Michael Jackson can't even sell the Neverland Ranch or his yeah. estate. Yeah. It's apparently you can get it now for 30 million. Right. Oh, but it's it's a word in the street. They've it, dropped the price since the documentary. Oh, <laughs> They've dropped it from God. 100 to 30. Mm. Word on the street. You yeah. watch it? I did. I was, I was, uh, I was super disturbed. Yeah. Wasn't great. Uh-uh. It's, it's hard to watch. Uh, did you shout out to my man Arian Foster? You like Aaron Foster did a whole podcast about why Michael's innocent. 
What? Right. When was that? Why do people? He, he released it last week. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron. Aaron hits me up one day. He texts me. He goes, "Yo, man, Michael didn't do it." I was, I was like, oh. and you were like, "Which one?" I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Need more info. I was like, I was like. I was like, all right, okay, well, I'm going to call you and we're, we're going to have a long form conversation about that. He was like, you don't need to, man. I'm going to do it all on the podcast. And he spent some time. Were you like that? <laughs> nah, go for it. Because listen, there's a counter argument to the Michael Jackson situation, I can't. man. <laughs> you have, there's a counter argument. There is. It's like a, like, Aaron goes to the FBI invested Michael. They couldn't find anything for, for X amount of years. Yeah, COINTELPRO, the, what? the Black well, Panther. I'm no, just saying, there's, there is a different side, and Aaron really believes that Michael Jackson never did this. Some inconsistencies in Safe Chuck's testimony and some things that he said, Aaron has put this together. What was his theory for why he exclusively hung out with nine to 12-year-old boys? For that's the thing you can't really explain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's the part of it that's a little uh, weird. Maybe that'll be on part two. Right. Of- I just say my son's 11. Mm-hmm. Not like a great hang. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dad. <laughs> 11-year-old boys, not like unbelievably fun to hang out right. with. <laughs> just wants to do his own thing, play video games. All right. Uh, not a great conversationalist. Right. Really likes professional but you wrestling. Do under, but you do, I love him. We're related. You do understand how Michael Jackson. <laughs> I love him. We're related. <laughs> Michael Jackson and you are different. Michael was yeah. a little bit stunted in his growth and, and, and things of that nature. There are people that would say Mike was like mentally still a child and stuff like that. So that's why he gravitated. Can I, shit. can I, that's, that's, I'm not, this by the way, don't st- jump in my shit. I'm not, <laughs> this, this is, this is not a defense of Michael Jackson. I'm just saying. Can I? I, I have a question. Yeah. Um, so, like, what what does Arian Foster get out of like talk like defending Michael Jackson? Well, I think that he. Well, number one, Arian is uh, as are a lot of people. Um, like, it's hard to come to terms with like losing such like a a, a big part of your childhood. Formative, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. But I really do think with, with as far as he's concerned and you know, he speaks for himself a lot better than I can. As far as he's concerned, he really truly does believe this and he he's a guy that delves into things intellectually to a very very deep degree. I was going to say he's an intellectually curious guy. Yes. So if he's if right. something doesn't add up for him, he's going he, to dive goes into out with it. Okay. Yeah. Dive into the thing. Well, you know what? You know what's funny? Before I watched Leaving Neverland, I said Yo, I don't even, despite, I have to watch it, but no matter what comes out, I can't be sure that I'm ready to, like, not fuck with Michael Jackson anymore. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It, there, it, it, there, there is a part of me that maybe Michael Jackson is such a big part of my childhood and stuff like this that I'll never have a bad feeling about his music. And I'm- after I watched the documentary, listen to those stories, they're all believable, um... I turned on Michael Jackson to see if there was any sort of response from me, and I would be lying if I said that there was. Let me let me tell you something that is going on in my life. It's a really hard time to be making a wedding playlist. Look at oh, you, R. Kelly yeah. gone, Michael Jackson. I don't know what we're gonna do. Gone. I don't know what songs are happening at this wedding. Yeah. So Michael Jackson can't be in your wedding? No, it's just something to to, to think about. R. Kelly done. Like literally, yeah. you can't play him. They'll fucking riot. Like they, they'll, they'll free people at the way. They'll freak out if they hear. Can't R. even play best of both worlds. Jay Z, nope. R. Kelly. No, nope. just, it just, it's just nothing. I believe I can. Yeah, Jay Z, unintended casualty. Yeah, but yeah, Mike is 
also kind of like a hmm. Van listens, Jackson Five, maybe, but then we stop. Van listens to Michael Jackson when he's boycotting the NFL. This <laughs> <laughs> is the thriller. Hey, listen, you watch Moonwalker on your phone while you're going to walk. Never said I was consistent, just said I was dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> never said I never promised you guys consistency. Just said I'm dedicated. So the wedding playlist has to be like three and a half, four hours. Yeah, I mean, how would you compare it to the Grantland party playlist that you used to help me with? <laughs> Yo, I actually like, I actually found a Spotify playlist of like, there's still like a Grantland Spotify channel that I think me and Juliet made. Yeah, S- some good it's playlists on there. On there. Uh, Juliet has the the bombest playlist. She's really good at it. I watched her really shit. She it. had the old school boys to men bumping. Like she, yeah. she, her, I like, I fuck with the playlist. Yeah, she, has she, a, has. she has a yeah. talent. She there you go. Talent. So check that out on Spotify. Um, <laughs> speaking of music, we want to talk about Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about this subject and didn't know that much about him. I was stunned by the reaction to his death and then how long it kept going and going and going. And I've been still, in LA. Still going. Yeah. I've been in LA since November 2002. This was one of the five most impactful local stories I've seen since I've been here. Like, mm. this is up there with, you know, fires and um, just all the all the normal Michael Jackson dying. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's going and going and it doesn't seem like it's going to end. It feels like something's changed. Uh, Van asked to come on because he wanted to talk about it. And I, I didn't know enough about it, um, but I want to hear your perspective first from being here. And well, you knew him a little bit too. Yeah. For, for, first of all, it's important to say that, like, we, we, you when you look at Nip as a, a, um, as a rapper and as a community leader and stuff like that, he also was like a man, right? That had a family. So and 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 had a companion. So when you talk about like what he meant to you and stuff like that, it's also it's always a little weird because there are actual children who don't have a dad anymore. Um, there's a beautiful woman, Lauren London, who doesn't have her companion anymore, and my heart goes out to her. And then there, you know, there's Sam and his mom, and there's a lot of people who lost someone that's really close to them. So you always want to say, yo, they're dealing with actual real pain and loss. Yeah. You, know, you can't, as much as he meant to us and inspired us, yeah. his kids is not going to hug their dad no more. So that's real pain. I think what you're seeing and what people have, like, sort of... um sort of uh, the, the reaction you're seeing is that, and I, we talked about this a little bit before, is it's, it's actual love. This has to do very little with celebrity. And normally when a famous person um, uh, passes away, you start to think about in the ways that like, like we even talked about this with some of the people we just brought up, the, the way that their music made you feel, the way that their art made you feel. Like this community here in Los Angeles and hip hop community everywhere loved Nip, loved him. And they loved him not even for the amazing music that he made because of the guy that he was. He was a man worth respecting and worth loving and worth sort of aspiring to sort of be like. So what were the three reasons that was the case? Um, One is the fact that he almost never talked about himself in a singular way. He spoke about large goals he had for his community and for the people that were around him. You never really heard him go, yo, 
this is me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's like, this is what we have to do. This is how we have to move. This is These are the things that uh, we need to sort of reinvest into. Even where Marathon is, that's in his hood. Like, he could have easily, with everything that he had, opened up a store on Melrose or La Brea or any other, other cool urban apparel places that you go um, and, and, and done that. Nah, he wanted to be vibrant and, and sort of grounded in the community that he was in. Uh, and no, was investing in a ton of real estate. He bought, and, he bought that whole area, right? Yeah. He had bought that that whole area. That whole strip mall is his. And he had a Vector 90 where kids were going to learn STEM. He was thinking about the future of his community, right? Yeah. Which is still going on. Shout out to Dave Gross and the rest of the guys that are doing that. Um, and, you know, from from the real estate to the ownership to just the, the, the message uh, – of how to come from the situation that he came from because everyone knows that Nip was a rolling 60 Crip and how to take that and then make that into something better and to do it with your own people to see that extinguished really over what amounts to nothing. I know a lot of people and myself included that felt like something changed. Yeah. Like something changed when that happened to where it's like the the penalty that was that was meted out to him for whatever this was what this robbed us of, we can't continue to lose like this. Yeah. Like, we can't continue to lose that much over something that doesn't mean anything. You know, whatever it was. Um, and it's just hard to get your, to, to wrap your mind around. Like, when I, I remember when this happened, and once again, not about me, about the people who loved him and who he was affecting, but I, was, I remember thinking, like, for the first time in anything that we've ever reported at, at, at TMZ, like, praying, God, please don't let this happen. Like, yeah. please protect him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. want him to die. <clears throat> and it was, it was just, yeah. it's just hard, man. Hey, Hulu's paying some of the league's best players a lot of money to do some pretty crazy stuff. Joel changed his nickname from The Process to Joel Hulu Has Live Sports Embiid. Damon Lillard got a tattoo that says Hulu Has Live Sports. Clearly, they really want you to know that Hulu Has Live Sports. Get over 60 live on-demand channels, tons of shows and movies, and exclusive originals with Hulu. Get rid of your cable. Make the switch. It's only $45 a month. Mm. Watch your favorite teams. Wow, they got a mm from My you. barber's got it. It's done wonders for the shop. I got an email from somebody that says when you grunt during the uh, during the reads, they know it's a really especially good something. <laughs> like if it gets that Kyle grunt of approval, watch your favorite teams in the biggest games all season. No cable required. Watch on the go and on all your favorite devices. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Learn more at Hulu.com. I think it's been super interesting to, I feel like I've had more one-on-one or small group conversations about this than maybe anything in my adult life, just like with other men, um, other black folk, other black men, just like there's like a kind of like a sense of almost like helplessness that comes from a moment like this where you're like, this was the person that like he did everything right. Like he he did the thing that you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to, you know, go off and reinvest in your community. You're supposed to, like, not forget where you came from. You're supposed to empower those around you. Like, that's the person that's supposed to live, you know? And so when that person then just, like, like that is taken from everyone, it's, like, it's almost like, what what do we do next? You know, I, it felt like it was just, like, a really, like, I could, like, 
just like the a sense. It was like a weight on. I feel like everyone I talked to for like the week that followed, because everyone's just like, I mean, this happens to net. Like, what do we? I mean, where do we go from here? And like, it it, it was really, you know, I felt that or heard that from people as close to people who, you know, worked with them daily to people who had never met them, you know, like, or just like only uh, really got hip to him maybe even afterwards. But it's just like, it's, it's the man and it's also what he, what he represented. And I think like what Nipsey was successfully doing is what a lot of people hope comes from their life. It's like, you know, you, you, you know, you really figure out how to be authentic. You really fi figure out how to, um, you know, be someone that, you know, the people, like the kids from the same place that you grew up in look up to. Like, all those things are, I feel like, for me, like, how do I do these things? Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of people saw their hopeful futures in what Nipsey Hussle was doing. And so for that person to then get gunned down it just i it <clears throat> it really hit uh and it's continuing to hit and like in just such a such a very real way that i i don't really feel like it's just going to disappear no. you know it like, seems like the the underlying fear with this is that nobody else is going to want to aspire to do the stuff he did because this is this could be how it it's ends it's just the opposite everyone I mean, that's a fear, right? The, yeah. the fear of there's always a fear of. I remember uh, it's funny when you when you when you text me, you said you brought up Boosie, right? Yeah, <laughs> Boosie did a like you know Boosie badass. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he did a very famous uh, interview where he said he felt like he had to leave Baton Rouge because being in Baton Rouge made him vulnerable to haters in his own city, right? Um, he said that a long time ago, but I, I think that. What, 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 whereas it seems that that idea with that this 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 death would like promote that like that maybe he if he had opened up the store on La Brea because he was killed outside of Marathon or something like that maybe this wouldn't have happened I think it's the opposite I think what we're trying to do now is elevate heighten and put the spotlight on people who are like him in their communities all over the place and people are, are feeling inspired to be more like that to be more tethered to your community, to produce more people, like, in the same vein as him. Now, I'm not from here. Like, there are people that are from this community that understand the intricacies and the ins and outs of growing up in that area a lot better than what I could speak on. And they, know, they get what it means for him to have been down here. But I do know a godly, kingly, righteous black man when I see one. And that's what that guy was. Like, years ago, I was in Vegas, and I was with some people in Vegas, and they were talking to me. This is, like, maybe, like, 2017. I had just recently met Nip this past year. Um, and they said, you know who you need to talk to? Who, they're like, you need to talk to Nipsey Hussle. He is into computers. He is into the community. He is into uh, all different areas of science and things like that and really wants black people to, especially people in his community, to be... Uh, more up on that stuff. And the, I think it would be really interesting for, for you to speak with him. We didn't get a chance to speak then, but think about, that had nothing to do with rap. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, had nothing to do with him being a rapper. It had nothing to do with him being, like, a celebrity. These were people that were saying, yo, there's more to this man, and you should lean into it. I knew him as a rapper then, but I didn't know about some of the other stuff, so I started to look at it. And by that point, that is when my affinity for him really started, when I saw what he was about as a person. And so the outpouring that people have seen, it's about... When you talk about Michael Jackson and these other guys, and like when they pass away, it's about losing a part of your childhood. This is actual love. Yeah. And that's why it, it feels yeah. like it's different. And and it's one of those things where, um, you know, I think we like we live in a moment where, you know, not in a cynical way, but when people are doing good things, they let everyone else know of the good things that they're doing, you know, like to kind of promote their good stuff. Like, I feel like every day, like two more things come out about something else that he was doing that was just like very low key. And yeah. it wasn't like, you know, I feel like actual work, actual work. You know, I, I, I was I, I've been thinking about it because, you know, we we don't really live. I think I feel like especially for black people, we're always craving, you know, something that resembles like a civil rights leader mm. or just any type of leader, because we are we've kind of um, this isn't 60s, you know, it's not the 70s. Like, it's not like, you know preachers who do speeches and like it's 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 very what a leader looks like it's very different now and i think that's another reason why this hit so hard because he is a very he was in a very accessible leader mm -hmm. like he wasn't it didn't feel like he was up on a pedestal telling everyone how to live he was just like this is the way i think we should live you mm -hmm. know like this these are the things that i think will make my community better. It felt very humbled. And like, it, I'm not an extremely religious person, but in the aftermath of what happened and like thinking about some of the stuff, it, 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 there, it did feel like he did feel, and like a lot of people alluded to this, it did feel very like godly, spiritual, like the way that he maneuvered and operated. And, and, and it was like, it was so selfless and... And it was just also, it, was, it wasn't, it was effortless. It was just part of him. Yeah. It was part of his DNA to be a good dude. Yeah. Do you, like, do, like, yeah. It, 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 do you know how rare that is, especially at the levels that we are talking about when we're talking about performers? It was in, it was a part of him to just be a good person. Yeah. And so you, like, you, 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 you feel that a little differently. And I think one thing that is happening, once again, it, it's, it, it's, I'm glad that the culture is inspired. I'm glad that people are inspired. But what hits me, and like, Game even posted this morning. Like, Game just woke up, posted a picture of Nipsey, and is just talking about it. What hits me is that he's actually gone. You know what I mean? And, like, so we can be inspired and we can do all of these things in his name, but it just seems like such a gutting uh, sort of reality. But I, I will say that we're starting to recognize... Um, that there are more people like this than we thought that there were. Mm. And yeah. and there's 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 Nipsey's and you know and every city, every you single know, community. Like... Every single community there's more people like and we and we have to in order to take control of our situation make sure that we give those people the proper spotlight, the proper uh ammunition, the the proper adulation they need to be relevant now so that they can do have the resources they need to change these communities. And there are guys everywhere, guys and ladies everywhere doing this work. 
And I think that it's a reminder that we just can't wait until um, something unfortunate happens to give all these roses out. We have to do it now. It seems like that's one way athletes could really help. Mm. Like the Westbrook and LeBron, too, really raised awareness to what happened with Nipsey nationally. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that I think when you when when people like that, when people see guys, and that's another thing, it's I've had conversations with people at work about like, yo, I didn't realize he was this important. He's important to people who are important to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so when you see how deep uh Westbrook feels about it or LeBron feels about it. Jay-Z, Beyonce, people like that, the people that you're probably a little bit more familiar with than you might have been with of Nip. And this is not to say that Nip wasn't coming. He had just been nominated for the Grammy for a Grammy. I thought he had the best rap album of, of, of last year. He was steeped in, he was going to be that next big, huge West Coast rap star. I know for sure. He already was, and he was even gonna get bigger. But when you see how much those people care, I think a lot of people who maybe were less familiar with them. That kind of made them kind of look into what it was that he was. Yeah, doing. unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the culture we have in 2019 is the influencers mm-hmm. determine sometimes. Yeah, people finding out about stuff or learning more about stuff. Yeah. And I thought in this case it was used for good. Yeah, I mean, it also is a reminder that I mean, I think it's something Van clearly you know, but like <clears throat> the the kind of overlapping Venn diagram of you know I think black celebrity it's so like between like the sports world entertainment world like these like these people of like you know a similar age like interact with each other like they like yeah like people know each other it's not just like like oh that was like someone i listened to like people from different like worlds of celebrity like truly do lean on each other and like you really could see it wasn't just like only rappers like like that westbrook thing like tore me apart like that was like one of the great sports things i've ever seen you know um barack obama sent a letter to the yeah party. like like yeah. this you was I mean? like this and is shout out to karen civil like barack obama sent a letter to like this was this was this was this is not um like it's 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 very interesting to think about like how you want to be remembered like you know like thinking in the future but like to actually have had that type of impact mm-hmm. and have it be connected to your artistry. Um, because I, I don't want to, I like the thing is like, it wasn't like his, like the stuff he rapped about also reflected Without the stuff doubt. he did in real life. It wasn't like, like he had these two different worlds. Yeah. Like you listen to victory lap and I'm like, I'm ready to go like climb a mountain yeah, it's, because it's music. like, it's, it's, it's extremely like pro, pro yourself, pro your community, pro everything. And and so, yeah, I mean, I just, I really... It's interesting how, so you think like 50 years ago when Ali couldn't fight and they had that big press conference when Russell and Jim Brown and Kareem, who was then Lou Alcindor, and they all came and came out to support him. And it was this big moment. There's like an iconic photo from it. But it was these sports figures coming together and it never really happened before. Yeah. And now you think 50 years later, um, it wouldn't just happen with sports now. It's like sports, the sports community, the music community are so intertwined now. And I think that's something that's happened the last, I don't know, 15 years probably where, and it started with a lot of uh, hip hop artists and rappers dropping athletes' names and songs. And yeah. it's just, 
And then they started hanging out. And then it was like the culmination was the Westbrook 2020. Yeah, like you've seen where it, that That made that. sense. It would have made no sense 20 years ago. It would have been weird. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, it just feels like they're all kind of aligned. They all know each other. Well, also, yeah, everyone knows each other. Everyone's moving in sort of the same circles. Everybody think, wants the same things. Everyone And everyone wants the same things. I think one thing about uh, social media that has changed our perception of celebrity, um, at least my my perception and people around me that I know, is that when you know more of people, you ask more of them too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so like, it, it's like, it, for a lot of us now, we love the music that people are putting out. We love what they're doing on the football field, on the basketball court. Uh, the two or three black guys that play major league baseball. We like we like we 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 love all of that stuff. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Like like we 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 love all of that stuff that 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 they're doing, but we also want to see people that have been empowered in this way have a very, very uh strong foothold in these communities that they come from. And these guys, to be honest with you, are leading by example. Yeah. LeBron James is leading by example. Damian Lillard is leading by example. Kevin Durant is leading by example with what they're doing. And they understand the responsibility that they have. And by and large, I'm inspired by the way a lot of them, you know, are, are living up to it. And, and really, they're some of the people that we should be talking about as well when we talk about these conversations. We, it shouldn't be all about who's famous and who can do the most because there are a lot of people out there that are scrambling together donations to to, yeah. to to do things like this. And they need us more and we should be with them more. But these guys, are they're, they're like-minded. Nip was probably like-minded with Resbrook and LeBron and all of these guys. I know he was with with LeBron. So they talk about strategies to help and then they, they go out and they execute. Jalen was the first person... Who I was friends with who was doing stuff like this. Yeah, that, up, in, up in Michigan. In a really significant way that, um, and, he, and he didn't make a big deal out of it. But, you know, he started this school in Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, and really puts a ton of time and energy into it. And it's really important to yeah, him. It's, and it's important a, to him for all these different reasons. It's not a vanity project. No, it's, it's not, not at all. And it seems like uh, that seems to be a trend, for lack of a better word, that people using their money and influence to try to make a difference, even if it's in one community, but if it turns out to be 30 communities, stuff's happening. Yeah. It seems like, I feel like in that sense, we're in a better place. I, compl I, I completely agree. I think it's like, the, the reality is that we know too much now to like, yeah. like, like lean on like lack of knowledge or ignorance. Like it's just, like, I think it's a lot of, like, what you were saying, Van, about, like, social media just in terms of, you know, the connections that people have. But it's almost like, wait, you're – we're almost at a point now. It's like, wait, you got all that money. You're not going to help where you came from? Like, it's like it's 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 gotten to a point where that almost seems um, like an absurd thing, you know? And I think that's, it's, that's only elevated, I think, for minorities. I think there's just a – there's a deeper sense of – you know, like the, the the narrative of like making it out to then reinvest back is like part of the minority of black like American dream story. You know, like you're that's like almost what you're supposed to do. Like the goal is to make something of yourself and 
like you're supposed to turn back around and like make sure that you're pulling up other people. And like, you know, there's, um, you know, that doesn't always go perfectly, you know, like there's lots of people who I feel like can't, you know, like maybe should take a couple steps away from yeah. home because yeah. it's not, it's, it's not, it's not the most productive place for them. But like, I, I really, or in I, Kanye's I, case, Earth. <laughs> Try another planet. Oh my mm. God. But I, and you know, also I think that we realize um that there are opportunities, there are multiple opportunities in these communities, right? You can have a business in these in in in, in the community like where I'm from in South Baton Rouge. You can have businesses down there that those communities will support. And that in turn will change the economic situation there. You can make money with your people in your community. Yeah. You can be viable. You can you can change political and economic systems there. And it can work for everyone. It is it's not like the money is any greener outside of this place, outside of these places, right? You can own real estate, you can do all of these things. And part of these things, uh, part of cleaning up communities all over America, no matter what the people look like, is investing in them economically to the point to where there's actually money that's coming out of these places, where the businesses are safe, where the businesses are being frequented, and, and where people feel good about sort of supporting one another. And I think there's so much money being made by these athletes now, so much money being made by these rappers, more than ever before. It's even, it, it's smart financially to go back in there and invest into people who are so loyal to you, they who who are so committed to you. Like when you, when I go to my barbershop, all we do is argue about these guys. Yeah. They don't ever argue about us, I right. promise. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So 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 like we like we're we're like we're devoted to these guys. And so for them to invest a little bit, I think it makes sense even financially it does. Do you you've been covering celebrities obviously at TMZ for what this whole decade most of this decade? yeah for since two thousand and eleven two thousand ten something I think one of the things that's so we're heading the the first I guess twenty percent of this decade is gonna or century is gonna be up soon twenty first century wow, wow. Almost, I, have, I have not thought about that. that. <laughs> whoa that's yeah. crazy almost one fifth of the way Holy through wow shit. wow that's crazy it's astonishing to me how the celebrity structure is now how big of a real estate of that piece athletes, rappers, hip-hop artists have in that's in the hierarchy of that structure now. That yeah. You think about, I don't know, so SNL's been around since 1975, right? And you think about the stuff, SNL, the people they would parody on the show and that mm -hmm. it was predominantly white. They didn't even need, they didn't even have black cast members some years because yeah. it just yeah. wasn't what they did. They but now it's like it it seems like the show's not black enough because most of the people everybody cares about are black celebrities and athletes. Mm. And it's like it's not like Sinatra and yeah. the Rat Pack from back when or, or mm. the Brady Bunch or um all of these people who have the most influence now for the most part are black. Yeah. I think we need I think I think we have a tremendous amount of social um influence in that way and the the cool and factor, social media plays into it too right obviously. i think i think the cool factor in america has always at some point largely been dictated by what goes on in the black community agreed um but what what i will say is that i think those guys now they want a different sort of influence like there's a different there's a there's influence in being able to make you buy sneakers 
LeBron is putting your kids in college. Right. Yeah. He's helping their parents get GDs, right? He's feeding them. But that's changed in the last 15 years. Without a yeah. doubt. It's it's different yeah, type of that's, legacy that's building. Very yeah. True. It's yeah. like the, the legacy in the 90s was like I wanted to make a lot of money and be really famous. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the music up. was about. <laughs> yeah. But but, yeah. If you, but if you think about it, it makes sense that that's evolved because we live like the way it goes now is like like everyone can kind of be famous yeah. a little yeah. bit. So yeah. it's like, how do we separate? Right. Like, how do we further separate Aunt ourselves? And Becky's daughter could have 1.4 million Instagram yeah, followers. Yeah, it's like, right. it's like it, it all begins to just be like, okay, so like, what do I want? Just to be the most famous? It's like, oh, no, I need another. Yeah. It, 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 we have to add another lane when well, it comes to like, like legacy. There's also, you know, I don't know if competitiveness is the right word, but these guys all measure them, measure up to each other, and they measure. They they're looking at who their peers are, who their rivals are, stuff like that. And if certain people are doing good things, it kind of puts the spotlight it's, on you that you're not doing good things yeah. and that you should do good but things, I, and it kind of becomes this snowball. I think that, that's I think that just that's, goes. I think that's what's called uh, like like a positive trend. Like it, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a it's a it's definitely a good thing. The question, like the the when you, because we we've done this with other things, we do this with chains and belts, and all of Americans do chains, belts, and watches. What do you have? The question is now not what do you have, like, but what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I'm doing this. What are you doing? And not everyone can do the I Promise School because not everyone can be that kind of guy. Not everyone can do the three hundred million dollar or fifty million dollar deal that 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 Durant's doing back in his home. But everybody can do something. And that's just yeah. not about famous people. Everyone can do something, right? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I, I I also think it's just thinking about like what like what drives people like right now. I think there's we definitely live in a world where people want to be able to like exist in as many circles as possible. Word. Yeah. You know, I just like I think back to like like the mid the middle of this decade, like going to South by Southwest and like, you know, seeing like seeing athletes hang out with like tech dudes and all, like everyone wants to be like a, as many hyphenates as possible. And I feel like that's even more important than being the most famous in one thing. It's like, Oh, I do this. I do this. I do this. Like the problem is sometimes people just do too much stuff and they don't do anything that well. But I do think that that is one of the things that people are trying to, in their like legacy building that everyone mm -hmm kind of does because anyone can legacy build at this point. It's like trying to excel at as many different things and then like, you know, rub shoulders with as many different types of people and not just like, oh, I'm, you know, one of the five most important people in this one thing. Well, basketball is a good, you look at the last 40 years of basketball, right? Like Jordan was the first athlete to really look at basketball as a way for him to also make money doing a couple other things. Mm -hmm. And then that went through the 80s. The magic, in the beginning of the 90s, there was this SI cover, I think, it was called like Magic Inc. When he was, yeah. before the HIV thing came out. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I wanna, I wanna be a businessman after I finished playing basketball. Yeah. People are like, whoa, that's, wow, really? First time I ever heard anyone even yeah. talk like that. So yeah. then you go yeah. through, <laughs> right. we go through the 90s and athletes were mostly like, I just wanna make a lot of money. And, but I don't I don't have another plan other than that. I just want to be famous, make money. Mm -hmm. And now the LeBron generation has 
shifted the paradigm in a lot of different ways. And now the guys coming in the league, even before they become super famous and successful, are like, mm -hmm. what's my plan? Should I have a content company? How do I stay relevant basically forever? Like yeah. That, like, that's the thing. Like, it's it's almost like 15 years ago, people realized that careers ended. Like, your, your athletic career ended. Like, that's why you get dudes coming in the league and when they're, like, out of the playoffs, they're already doing, like, you know, commentating. You know? Like, they're already planning for like that's like their we, second wave even before they even yeah like we have vince carter right now who knows he's gonna retire he does a great podcast for us he knows he wants to do tv great like podcast. he's had this planned out for mm -hmm. three four five years and i think um it's interesting because i don't think people really thought that way I would I would say LeBron's generation was the first kind, but remember that Carmelo Anthony used to be the magazine feature that we made fun of, where he had like the office in Brooklyn, but it was empty. He's like, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a mogul, but he wasn't saying anything. And we were like, like oh, this is where it goes bad. Where uh -oh. somebody's like, I want to be a mogul, but I have no plan at all. Yeah. But um, but this all has to do with Jordan, if you ask me. Well, he is. He's he's, he's the yeah, George Washington of this. Jordan Jordan the. In the interest in Michael Jordan just ne it never went away. The brand never it 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 never faltered, right? It never went away. And so I think a lot of these guys who are fruit off that tree, they look around and they go, "Yo, how am I going to keep people interested in me until I'm 50 wearing oversized jeans in Vegas playing golf?" You know what I mean? Like, how how, how am I going to keep these these same people? You guys, y'all need to do a whole podcast on these jeans. We don't talk enough about. Oh, with Jordan. The, the one with the mayonnaise. Just I don't. Yeah, it's like, Michael, like Jordan in these. I, what's going on, Mike? You know what I mean? Like what? Like I don't understand why he dresses like. Like, he is there a rifle? Yeah. Like what's the deal? Remember like, that weird mustache she grew that people were my, calling the Hitler mustache? What the for hell the was commercial? going on for the Hayes commercial? Yeah, like, yeah. Mike, relax. I I think it also like I I do think like all roads lead. Back to Mike, but sitting here, I'm like, also like a lot of roads lead back to Shaq. Yeah, That's he's true. another good you one. Know? That's true. Like Shaq's more popular now than he ever was when he played. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's, it's he's it's in amazing. forty commercials. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Shaq is gonna save Papa John's, and I, lo I yeah, love that was a brilliant like, move by like, them. Shaq they were is gonna, gonna go save Papa John's. So really Papa John's smart. was. The, like the racist pizza. Yeah. It was the, it, it, like, and yeah, it happened at the same time that Domino's got good. Right. I was like, yo, y'all are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Papa John. And, and Papa, the MAGA pepperoni. Exactly. Right. And, and Papa, Papa John's thought to themselves, listen, we've been declining five quarters in a row. Like, uh, like the, the the people are burning Papa John's pizza boxes. Like, well, like, what can we which do? And they, and, which is wild, right? Like, it, like, like, what can we do? They thought, who can we get? Who can we save us? It's a list of like Shaq, Jay Z. Right. It's like four people. And then right. that commercial for the general comes on and they're like, yeah. we need Shaq. It's like, how racist can the pizza be if Shaq said it's cool? Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm, I'm, and I mean that. I'm, I'm not even saying. I and know, then he takes no shit for it. Yeah. No shit. Because people and, love Shaq. Yeah. Right. It's in like, my, right, cool, in my Shaq. mind, I'm like, still racist. But. <laughs> right. No, no, it's, it's no, no, no. It's still racist, right? I still don't eat yeah. Papa John's. He, he's going to be pissed off when he hears this. I still don't eat, I still don't eat Papa John's, right? But I, it did make me go, man, what are they doing over there at Papa John's, man? Are they really making an effort? Like, are they really, because if they're really trying. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a break to talk about Papa John's. Um, no. Let's actually talk about Hair Club. Sometimes one change can make all the difference in your confidence. Hair Club knows this. That's why they're inviting you to see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. Hair Club is the leader in total hair solutions with a legacy of success for over 40 years. 
whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your hair or learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement and restoration. Hair Club's professionally trained stylists, hair health experts, and consultants were craft personalized solution. I know some people in my life that struggle with hair loss. Not great. I wish I struggle with the facial hair version of hair loss. Just feel like I, I could. Did you ever never had it or it's just hard wish to get. it was a little bushier? Me too. Yeah, I wish there was facial hair club. Maybe that'll be their Maybe. next product. Go to hairclub.com slash Simmons to get a free hair health and scalp analysis for new customers and enjoy a $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after your initial con consultation. Man, a facial hair club, that could come through for me. That's hairclub.com slash Simmons for a free hair health and scalp analysis and a $250 savings on any qualifying hair club service after your initial consultation. Hairclub.com slash Simmons. You know, one other thing that changed, because we did, we did broke. We did the 30 for 30 about athletes going broke, which was, I think, like nine years ago. I remember like that. Shout out Andre Risen, my king. And this was an <laughs> epidemic, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, of people making money and blowing it. And the league didn't educate them. They had bad people around them. They made all the same mistakes over and over again. And now I think the last, and I think that documentary helped, but just the education and the generations and people learning from the past. These guys actually save their money now. And you have people making a lot of money and not squandering it. Like so all of that money. Marshawn Lynch. That's the first name that jumped into my mind. He didn't touch his money. When you think about fiscal. Rob Gronkowski didn't touch like, his Rob, money. Yeah, Incredible. Like, like yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Like, shout out to Lynch, man. Marshawn Lynch, like, it, it, a guy who America would paint the picture as a guy who would blow his money. By the way, another guy who's very active in his community. Marshawn is very yeah. has a very Nipsey esque, very type of story. like, absolutely, very active. and also beloved by a whole bunch of yeah, people. Yeah. That, but doesn't Fantastic. doesn't promote and, and it. Bucks every stereotype you actually yeah. think. right. And when I when I heard that that warmed my heart that this man is he, he's got his eye on his financial future and is being very smart and responsible with it. Like, but that's but that could be over the next 10, 15 years. There could be a lot of people doing good who actually have the money to do some good Without versus a doubt. where we were in 1997. I'll be honest with you. And that's another thing that's happening, at least from, from what I see in the black community. I think for a long time, there was um, a sense that the government should be doing more uh, in these neighborhoods. And I think that they absolutely should. I think that there are a lot of things that were created systemically in these places that, that there should be higher ups that are that are uh, dedicated to trying to solve. But I think that there's also been an awakening in the last 10, 15 years that really we're at a point in our community where if we lean on each other and invest into each other, we're really all we need to fix some of the issues that are going yeah. on there. But Killer Mike's always talking about. Always, you know? always. We're really all we need to fix some of these things. And what we have to do is have a sense of accountability um, and a sense of partnership. And if we have that, we really can move things forward. I think these, I think like, not just because we talk about like athletes, think about everything that, that Hove is doing, that Jay is doing, that Jay-Z is doing in all different aspects. These guys are, they're leading by example and that's inspiring to see. Yeah. Um, what do we do about Kanye? Did Kanye, did we give up? I, it's over? I am yeah. not going, you know, okay, this is, I, I've been, I need to talk about this. Um, I, I'm glad I brought it up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, so not, like pleased with everyone hopping back on his bandwagon because of these he these pseudo gospel concerts he desert. does in the desert. Yeah, 
It, it, it literally, I'm just like, if there's one thing that's ever bailed out anyone, it's a black choir. Yeah. Like that's a black choir sure. will make any situation better. Yeah. Like, so, so Trump should more black choirs. It will Trump. happen in the next two months. <laughs> right. I promise. He's gonna fight. I, I, I'll be. I'll be honest with you. I'd be surprised if you can't find video right now of Trump with a black choir behind him. I bet it exists. I bet that because some of the play. I bet that. Yeah. I bet that those black. I bet he's gonna. He's gonna lean on because he leans on the black pastors. By the way, there's a whole black pastors for Trump that are just bought off. So when the report, <laughs> just, so when the report comes out, the choir is gonna be locked up and ready oh to go. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but no, I because uh, uh, I was considering. Uh, going to a Sunday service to Coachella. Oh, uh, oh. this Sunday where he's doing a, a Easter morning like choir service, and people are acting like this is. I was like, just go to a church. Yeah, just yeah. go to a black church. Yeah, like it, it's it's watching. And I'm not someone that's like, oh, I'm gonna hold a grudge on someone forever. Blah blah blah. But it just like it literally is like, oh wow, it's not a good thing if Kanye knows, knows all he has to do is bring out a choir and then everyone be like, yo, that's my guy. To me, it's like, Ye did so much to make the culture love him, man. He did. When I say, like, when you go back and listen to old Kanye stuff, every single song it has, <laughs> it like, it's so, like, he, every single song is speaking directly to you. The music is fantastic, of course, but every single song is speaking about things that we're intimately acquainted with, that, that, that things that are on top of our heads, like, even just conceptually, he did so much to make us love him, but then he did a whole hell of a lot to make us not want to fuck with him anymore either, right? So to me, it's almost at a point like this, it's where I just kind of throw my hands up. Like, I don't like, Wish ill on Kanye West, but I've lost the it's football enthusiasm. It's football. It's the NFL. I've Another lost. boycott. Yeah, it's just boycott and things. Let's go back. Well, yeah, it's crib. not like it's not like an active hate or like I'm just like I can't. You just that I can't dedicate. Like I have dedicated so much brain space and like time writing and thinking about Kanye. Like so much. I'm it's just like, like having a crazy cousin that you yeah. just can't get rid of. You know what's crazy about that? It, it is like that, and you know why? Why it's like that is because you have that crazy cousin, right? And you have this problematic, kind of complicated relationship with him. But also, when you see him doing well, you're happy about it. Yeah. So, and that's the thing that fucks with you. Like when I, like, like when when the first video of Kanye with the with the with the uh, with the choir came out, and it was like, hey yo, hey yo. I, I was like, I was like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at Yay, look at Yay, and then I was like, wait, 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 what am I doing? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh my god! Like when you see Yay, when you see Kanye happy. And smiling and doing well, we kind of like yeah. The small like I'm I'm. It's happening to me. Ten seconds after what I just said, I'm like <laughs> yeah. literally. I'm literally like God. I hope Kai is fine. I hope he's having a good day. I like, don't understand. Like we've we've made so many strides with the mental health thing the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and this is somebody who clearly has major mental health problems, but people are still mad at him. So don't that that's started, where, Bill. huh? Don't get me started, man. We traded. We for some reason we. And we includes everyone, even including me, treated a man who was clearly crying out for help different than we've treated everyone else who's been in that same place. Yeah, so why was that? I don't know. I, uh, I, it, I, yeah. it, I'm still in on Kanye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not out on Crazy Cousin. So, you know, but yeah. it's like we, you, I think a lot I of people. I just think the dude is like really damaged. And I do, I do feel like some of the stuff that was happening was like cry out for help stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
I don't know. People just seem to hold it to a, him to a much higher standard. Yeah, now, I don't defend some of the stuff he did, but I, it just seems like the acts of somebody. No, I get it. I just think nut job. I, I, I think I, I will say this though: from talking to people who know Ye, and talking to people around him directly that deal with him, right? I think that he more than anything, it's possible that Kanye West did not even realize how famous he was. And when I when I what I mean by that is it's possible he didn't realize how deeply we were actually going to be hurt by some of the things that he did because he didn't understand how much his words meant to us and to other people. And I think that people had to actually convince him of that. And I think that um I think that they have. And I think that despite, I think that he's going to move a little bit differently in terms of the way he's perceived, you know, by the hip hop community, by the community at large uh, in the future. I think that he finally understood it. Like I had GLC on the podcast and um, one of Kanye's collaborators going way back and he said, yo, like I told Kanye, you know, we had to get rid of all the hats. And he said he got rid of all the hats. And I'm like, now, listen, you're going to say that. This motherfucker gonna be in a hat in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But we put that out, and you have you haven't really seen them do Here's it. Here's the thing: America loves comebacks. We just saw it. Ugh. We just saw it with with Eldrick Woods. What a people people just loved it, and he's back, and he's wearing the same red shirt again, and he's hitting long drives. I got everybody's in. It. I'm not fucking with it. What do you mean? I'm not fucking. I told you, I, t- I texted you about it. I'm not. I don't care. I don't care about Tiger Woods, man. It's another boycott. Yo, <laughs> Yeah, I want to know what you're. <laughs> yeah, what you are doing. My point is, no, I love, I love, uh, shout out to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has never gave a fuck about black people, man. He's never given. He's just never given a fuck with with everything that Tiger Woods. When we're t- Tiger Woods is the polar opposite of all the guys. So he's Jordan. About. Hey, I got to do something with the Jordan brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh I got to do something with the. I got to do something with the Jordan brand. Yeah. Um, but uh, but don't fuck, up, don't, don't fuck up the money. Don't yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> make, make sure to check course first. Right, yeah, right. But you know, whatever, man. Shout out to uh, I, I don't know. Shout out. To Yo, Tiger, Tiger did that. Like, uh, like, it was so tight. I'm yeah, sorry. Shout I, out to Tiger. Like, I loved it. I, it was so nice to have him back. It was one of my happiest sports moments in a long time. And uh, and see, I don't I'm care a, that I don't, don't want to see Tiger Woods not win for the like I don't want to see Tiger Woods with everything that we thought he was going to accomplish and what he we, what we knew he was going to be in golf I don't want to see him not achieve that but I just also want I to just see like him. when somebody hits rock bottom and comes out of it we all do and learns from it and makes some adjustments and comes back and comes yeah. within 80 90 percent of what they used to be shout out to him I love I, I really did like the the interaction he had with his kids it was That's like right. the first time Tiger seemed like a like a like a like human, human being. being. I was like, oh my God, like he knows his kids. That's awesome. <laughs> like I like I I, I I was like tearing up watching mm-hmm. the whole everything after the final putt. And I was like, okay, you know. Like, I was thinking of what my son would have been capable of in the exact same moment <laughs> and how much TV time he would have tried to grab Kyle. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, totally. First of all, he would have put a lot more thought into his outfit, would have been <laughs> yeah. really tight. Curated. Sneakers <laughs> up. He just would have been like, I'm gonna be on TV. This is important. Straight and then he would have been right in front of me the whole time in the camera. <laughs> Straight up sports question. Is like Nicholas in trouble now? Is now Tiger, is it is he back? Nicholas is so pissed. <laughs> He's like, I thought I, I thought I buried this guy. He's like, listen. I thought this was done. Because I already he, had the party. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. think about the, the stages that Nicholas went through. He went from yeah. thinking, maybe he had a shot to, I'm fucked in like the mid-2000s. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. To thinking, 
wait a second. I might be out of this. I might be out of this yeah. to now really having to be like back thinking. He's got to sweat it out. Nicholas, sweat it out. Nicholas definitely leaked that David Boreanaz story. He <laughs> 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 yo, I got to get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> he got his sons together. He's like, all right, Project Tiger. <laughs> yeah. We got to disparage this guy. It's going to be a fun next couple of years. How far I'm, is he away? What is that? Five? Like? Is five away? Or... No, it's that was fifteen, right? He's three away from yeah, tying from, him. Yeah, right from tying him because he's one Masters away. But oh, he yeah. also he could be the if he wins a major next decade, he'd be the first guy to ever win majors in four decades, four. which has never happened. And uh, I don't know. Here's I'm the glad thing. Back. Here's the thing. I I know I agree with you that like black people um, are not a huge priority to Tiger, but I do love it that he, he does still like piss off racists. I think some some racists, even though be, that's something to be. Yeah. So like I'm that. just like that's good, but then also it also kills me because he like golfs with Trump. Yeah. And well, what's funny is I think the Asian community takes it more personally than the black community. What do you mean? Because he's his mom is Thai. I know, but like takes what personally though? Just that he's he he kind of is gravitated toward the black side versus right. the Asian side. Yeah, well, that's an American thing. I mean, it, I mean it just, that's just because we're louder. Yeah, like, like, that, like, that, that's an American. We're thing. just like, wait, what? Like, like we, you know, like, like, like I love us for Tiger won the Masters, and literally, me and my homeboys went to LSU's golf course the next day. Like, yo, we want to play golf. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yo, we, like, we, where do we, what do we do? Yeah, I need like, three clubs. Yeah, I need all. three clubs. Like, we want to, we want to play golf, and we, like, wood and iron and putter. Yeah, yeah. like so. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It, it affected us a great deal. What would be how? What just? Let's leave on this note. What is Kanye's 2019 Masters? What could that be? What does that look like? Oh God. Um, God. I mean, it would have it, to it, be it, some it, high, some high-profile platform. It would. It would not be music if he like somehow like took a meeting with Trump and then just like. Televised, like cursed him out or something, like like like, like, a like, camera did, like denounced Trump in front of Trump. Like I feel like somehow Kanye could be the one to take down Trump. Mm, wow, that yeah. seems just like like at this point, what hasn't he done? So he puts a little camera on his tie, yeah, and tapes Trump saying that all this stuff. If, if Kanye gets Trump impeached, yeah, yeah, I think I think <laughs> Kanye finds the I think that's what he I, I, I definitely think high level espionage would be. Be. Right, that, that, that would definitely work. Uh, you know what I think would be working like something. I think that if Kanye and Jay came back came back together, all would be forgiven. Wow! I think if Kanye and Jay came back together, like Watch the Throne, two thousand twenty, Watch the Throne two. Like I think that there are still some people with everything that Jay is doing. There's still some people that ask themselves, all right, even if you're cool on Jay and you're good with Jay. Why don't they seem to be as close as what they were? What is what is the Knowles Carter camp thinking in their head about Kanye West that's sort of stopping them from being as tethered as what they used to be? I think a lot of people are looking at by the way, Jay has come out and said, don't do that. Don't Michael and Prince me and Ye. Don't, don't, don't try to separate us. Don't yeah. do that. But we still haven't seen to me those guys be the same way that they were. And if Watch the Throne Two came out, which would be fantastic, because the first was was, I have the title, remarkable Game of Throne. 
Ah, I like it. That's not bad. No, it's, it's part of it's not bad because it's your podcast. But yeah, it's like <laughs> Game of Thrones. They can't just call it Watch the Throne again. Yeah. They would. They would. Or call like, it Throne to Twenty Twenty something like that. <laughs> yeah. Throne Twenty Twenty. I did not think that we were gonna get build an A and R hip hop album while we were here doing. Yeah, who can't? Everyone can. <laughs> just Throne. What yeah. would they call it? <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a working title. It's fine. Uh, it would probably be just Watch the Throne too. I think so. Yeah, that, that, I, I don't think, like Watch the Throne too. I think, I think that would be Watch the Throne. <laughs> just too. Throne. Just Throne. Well, is it on like on on Spotify and everything? Isn't that album like the album artists like the Thrones or like like the it, Throne is the name of their group. The collect? Yeah, the yeah. Throne. Yeah. So but the throne. Isn't, the, isn't the move to add a third person? You blow it out. It's like when the Rock joined Fast Five. Oh wow, that would be crazy! You had, you had like Kendrick you, you and it's Kendrick three of them. Yeah, honestly, the 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 way Kanye everything is fine is if somehow he does something with Beyonce. Like that's the actual answer. Like yeah. because I do feel like part of the reason I've always had this theory. Like part of the reason that Kanye and Jay are kind of you know it's the wives not, not get along. It's like I just feel like Beyonce and Beyonce's mom, the whole Knowles family, is just like I don't want. They're not my, gra- with the Car- my, my, my grandkids around their grandkids. Yeah, they're, not right. with, they're not fucking with the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, I just I really feel like we're gonna keep this good move. keep up. And I think it's shout out to Tina Knowles. I think I think it makes sense. What <laughs> if there was an album? How about this one? Here we go. <laughs> four Kings. And yeah. it was and and you add Drake and you do the four of them and they put out an album. So Kendrick and Drake. Yeah. So then Kendrick, Drake, Yay, and yeah, Bill, obviously that would be fucking spectacular if that were to What if it was eight <laughs> thrones? Yeah, what if it was what if you just With yeah. that trend on Twitter? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously if that if that happened. Old Four Town Kings. Road, right. Kanye <laughs> remix. Yeah. No, I think also an, another interesting wrinkle is um like Kanye and Taylor Swift are kind of both like like recluses right now. Well, she's doing she's Hinting that something's coming. Yeah, and what if it's Instagram what if it's an album with Kanye? That would be wild. <laughs> an album, Taylor, yeah. Kanye album. Yeah, a country album. A country, yeah, like because I mean, shout out to Lil Nas X. I mean, now we're gonna see more rappers in country than ever before. It's such a good song. I'm telling you, it is. I'm telling you, man. Who's the next big rapper? You 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 ever heard Old Town Road? That country song. Yeah, we just isn't that the one? That's what did we do? Yeah, it's Lil Nas yeah, X. We, we did a Thrones thing. That, that's the guy that did that. So. He could replace Drake on my on, on my Rushmore. Whoa. He's that, that, that's <laughs> on fantastic. Four Kings. Yeah. All right, I'll t- I'll tell I'll talk to my people <laughs> as I put it together. Yeah. The Four Kings concert four presented Kings. by the Ringer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ringer Records, baby. Ringer Records, baby. <laughs> Bad all, news. All we could to get you. Drake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ringer Records. <laughs> you, hey, and just think, think about Our Kelly wants in, but we told him no. The, think about the pitch. Do you think this would work? What if we were able to get Jay Z, Kanye West, <laughs> Drake, and Kendrick Lamar? A and by Bill. Oh, like all on the same. You Presenter think people, by the ringer. Do you think people will be into that? Like, yeah, they will fuck with that, Bill. Like, hashtag four kings. Hashtag four kings, man. <laughs> do you do think it. they'd be into that? You think they would be into that? Yeah, they will fuck with that. That's <laughs> how we save Kanye. <laughs> this is it. Four kings. We came right. up with it. There it is. I'm excited. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Van, Ram, thank you. Thank you. What Amazing. do you want to promote, Appreciate Van? Anything? It. Oh, Red Pill Podcast, baby. All right. Every week. I want to come on. Yeah. Oh, cool. I would love to have you on the Red Pill Podcast. Oh. We just met. Now this you know great. each other. Yeah, we go. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for coming up. Of course. All right. Thanks to DAZN. Don't forget to watch their Whip Around Baseball show and don't forget to sign up. It is super duper easy. 
You can get it on basically any account that you have. Check it out. Some big boxing coming up right now. Thanks to Hair Club, whether you're looking to revitalize the growth of your hair or learn more about the latest proven methods for hair replacement and restoration, Hair Club will craft a personalized solution. Go to hairclub.com slash Simmons today to get a free hair health and scalp analysis for new customers. Enjoy a $250 savings on any qualifying Hair Club service after your initial consultation. Hairclub.com slash Simmons. Check that out and check out JCPenney. Specifically, collection by Michael Strahan is available exclusively at JCPenney. Makes it easy to look good and feel your best no matter the occasion. Suit separates, sport coats, dress shirts, neckwear, belts, accessories, basics, denim, luggage, shoes, big and tall, boy sizes too. Collection by Michael Strahan available exclusively at JCPenney. Visit a store near you or go to jcp.com. Don't forget about the rewatchables. Field of Dreams going up later, I guess on Friday afternoon. And then uh, Ryan Russell and I are coming back on Sunday, late night. Kyle knows now. We feed him. Yeah. He has like, would you have a Red Bull or a Starbucks double shot or something? Uh, Pete's. You give me the Pete's. Pete's. Give you a Pete's. I'm going to show up early next time if you let me. Pete's. He's going to show up earlier. Um, We'll be putting that up late night. And then, uh, yeah. And then we'll do it all again. Go Celtics. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Sunday night.